This is Toastcaster, podcast for Toastmasters. Your host, Greg Gazin. Episode 62, Lance Miller, a bad Super Bowl interview and dealing with failure. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Toastcaster podcast for Toastmasters. Today, we have a special guest, Lance Miller. He's an award-winning speaker and leadership and communication coach. He's spoken as a guest on over 150 television presentations in more than 55 countries. Among his many accomplishments, in 2005, he emerged from a field of 30,000 contestants spanning 120 countries to earn the title of Toastmasters World Champion of Public Speaking. And that was in 2005 in Toronto. And I remember it well. I wasn't there, but I did get to check out the recording. He answered the ultimate question. So I'm going to ask a couple of ultimate questions here today. But the first question, Lance Miller, is how are you doing today? And welcome to the show. Greg, it's great to be with you. I'm, I'm doing great. We've got a nice 90-degree day, Fahrenheit, of course, in here in Los Angeles. I'm enjoying the warmth while you're up there freezing in the snow, stuck in your car. That's over 30 degrees for us centigrade <laughs> folks. Glad to be with you. Thanks for coming on today. I subscribe to your newsletter online, Lance Miller Speaks. This week you sent out a newsletter and the headline was Bad Super Bowl Interview. And of course, that immediately piqued my attention. I mean, everything you send out is actually pretty good, but I'm sure there was a special timing on this one. Why don't you tell us a little bit about this one? Well, we had the Super Bowl, which is one of the biggest sporting events in the United States, last week. And, of course, the Carolina Panthers were playing the Denver Broncos, and the Panthers were highly favored. And Cam Newton is the quarterback of the Panthers, and he has led that team to one loss. In the regular season, they were 15-1. and one. He's been phenomenal. He's had more yardage that he personally ran in many games than his running backs. And he went into the Super Bowl, and Denver just the Denver defense was just tenacious, and they sacked him over ten times, a couple fumbles. He was getting hit like he's never gotten hit in any football game I've seen him play in, and Denver won the game. And then afterwards, he was at a press conference. He was noticeably shaken, disappointed, and understandably so. Absolutely. But he's at a press conference, and the. The press is there, people that he's probably talked to throughout the year, they're asking him pointed questions, reflection on the game, different aspects from that standpoint. And they're not mean questions at all. It's not like, you know, sometimes the press gets in a feeding frenzy and you just feel sorry for the person. It wasn't that at all. They were just trying to try to get his insight on stuff. And he just kept saying, you know, they just beat us. They just beat us. He would look down. He had a hoodie on. He just got up and walked out of the press conference. And I looked at that and I just went, you know, here you actually have an opportunity to communicate. And it's one of the things that I work with worldwide. You have an opportunity to say something that could give hope, give insight, give encouragement, define who you are, bring light to something, and you didn't, you couldn't get the words out. And I looked at that and I just wanted to share, not to beat up on Cam Newton. The guy's it's his third year in the NFL, phenomenal quarterback out of Auburn University, came, came in the NFL and he's had a little bit of a learning curve, did phenomenal this year. And not to beat up on him, but to look at this situation and reflect on it in our own lives and say, hey, if I ever got in a situation where I was really defeated, 
where I got in an awkward situation where things didn't turn out the way I wanted them to, and everybody's asking me questions about them, and I'm stuck in the quote unquote failure or loss that you know things got messed up. Can I maintain composure? And there, there's so much to this that I feel feeds on in life in general, in our attitude in life, and that's what I was really reflecting on in that that blurb I sent out this week. I found it kind of interesting because it, it's ironic because if I'm not mistaken. Cam Newton, I mean, he usually has attitude, right? And it was almost like he did a total 180, which really, really surprised me. No, he, he's one of the very seldom do you see quarterbacks like dancing around in the end zone and sort of, you know, when they, when they score, you see the running backs and you see the receivers, you know, doing weird things in the end zone. Cam Newton would do all this stuff. And I'd I, be honest, during the season, he was unstoppable. But it's an, to me, it's such an important lesson to life. Any time in my life when I felt that I was getting a little bit, as, as we say back in the Midwest, too big for my britches, where I was getting a little too hot, I thought I was really cool, somebody would come along and basically they were better than I was and put me in my place in some way. And that's happened to me through school, my sporting events, but it's happened in business, it's happened in speaking, it's happened in uh, just social circles where I thought I was attaining more altitude and <laughs> influence than I really was. And it's a really dangerous thing from my standpoint with an attitude. And granted, granted, step out there. You know, you put it out there and be the best, but understand if you do and you fall from that position, you better be able to still maintain your composure when you do. It almost seems like he went from one extreme to another, almost going from cocky to totally closed up. I am not an expert with Cam Newton. I just watched him this season primarily. But what I saw was a guy that I think he got sacked more in the Super Bowl than he got sacked in the 17 or 18 games he played during the season. Really? Combined. Okay. He just got beat up. And what happened was I, I think he lost his composure is what it looked like to me. And I was watching the game. And I didn't have one team. I do like Peyton Manning. I'm a little who's the quarterback of the Broncos. And the Broncos were the underdog. And I'm sort of cheering for the underdog. But I just wanted to see a good game. I wanted to see both teams really rep represent themselves well. I wanted to see an enjoyable game that, that was hard fought. And that, and that it was from that standpoint. But what I noticed, he got hit early in the game or the first set of plays. And it shook his confidence. And he started overthrowing passes and not connecting, not moving like he did before and a little bit of hesitation. And again, I, not to sit here and talk about the game the whole time. I'm, I look at that in life. We all get hit. We all have things happen to us, the metaphorical hit that happens to us. And we all have things that don't turn out the way we want. We all have failures, losses. We all get confronted with adversity, uh, antagonistic people that you know, are emotionally charged like a powder keg and we're trying to handle them and stress happens and all these things and it's that's what I look at if you want to be at the top of your game you have to be able to handle the adversity you have to be able to handle failure in order to actually succeed and that was really the message that I had in that the the newsletter I sent out that for me in my life and I, my great example was my run to the world championship with Toastmasters you know I lost at the club level for nine years in a row <laughs> I went to district four times I went to the regions back then which are the semifinals now, three times before I ever made it to the final stage. I lost more speech contests than I ever won. And it wasn't really until I really learned how to lose the contest and learned from the experience that I started becoming 
more confident on stage. It wasn't about the winning and losing. It was about the learning. And as I said in my newsletter, you know, we need victories in our life to give us confidence. You can't just go through life and have loss after loss and failure after failure. You just have no confidence. You need the victories to have confidence, but you're not going to learn as much from the victories as you do from your failures. And the failures are, the, as I say, the losses, the lessons are in the losses. And when you lose, figure out what it was you should have done that was better. And, and that's what really took me to the world championship. I got to a point where I was totally willing to lose speech contest and not blame anybody other than myself, which that took a little while. <laughs> and uh, because I, I used to drive home going, I'm never competing again. These things are stupid like a lot of people do. But I, I had a huge, huge purpose on wanting to be a very competent speaker and the contest were if I did I did a lot of speaking outside of Toastmasters but the contest were a beast of their own that really did push the edge of my personal envelope to get me to connect with audiences and clarify thinking processes and discover my weaknesses and inabilities and be able to move through those talking about when we were talking about getting kicked when you're down I saw again I'm not an expert in NFL football but I did see Newton unraveling over time. And to be perfectly honest with you, I was kind of torn because during the press conference, I felt in some respects, I felt bad because I mean, the Panthers were, you know, 15 and one. I'm not sure whether they were the favorites or not. I'm, I'm not sure of how that, how that worked, but I felt in some respects, genuinely bad for him because it was a nasty blow. Unlike you and I, or let's say yourself with the world champion of public speaking, there wasn't a hundred million people watching you. But at the same time, I'm thinking, these guys are getting paid a lot of money. They're supposed to be professionals. So I was almost sort of torn between the two. True. And they can get paid a lot of money, but a lot of them ever have not had the training in public relations and whatnot that a lot of professional people have, <laughs> or politicians getting beat up, right? They're, they're paid money, and they are paid money to do interviews, and they are paid money to represent the team, and they, are, they do have sponsors, but they're really paid for their performance on the field. And with that comes a package that, yes, they'll talk to the press and whatnot, because that is a, that is a full package. But see, here's even the thing on, on this. So Cam Newton lost the game, and I'm also going to say he lost the interview. Right. Okay, great. That's done. What'd you learn from a bad interview? Okay, I'm not hanging him up. I, I I look forward to seeing him next year. I look forward to seeing some more interviews with him. I look forward to seeing who that guy really is and have him talk to us. And uh, I haven't seen that many interviews with him personally. That's one of the reasons I tuned in. I wanted to see what he was going to say after the game and sort of get to know who this person was that seemed to be unstoppable for the entire year. But okay, he lost the Super Bowl, but he's also, I go, he was, they, they were the number two team of 64 teams. I mean, that's something to be really proud of. They had a stellar season. And like I said, there were so many victories that he, he could have stood on and, uh, on it. And so he gave a bad interview. Good. What did you learn from that experience, Cam? Now, next time you get an interview, next time you get knocked on your keister and your head spinning and you got to stand up and somebody sticks a microphone in your face, what did you learn about being able to laugh it off just a little bit, bring some insight into the game, bring some insight to the fans, all the people that were interested in hearing from you, because the world was interested in hearing, hearing from him. So the ultimate question I would have for you is, what advice would you give him for next time? And should he do something right now, or should he just let sleeping dogs lie? I don't know enough about Cam Newton and who he is to, we'll say, coach him or mentor him. And that's one of the things 
that I would say, and this is one of the things I will say, and I've been involved in a number of number of interviews, a number of hot subjects. I, I, I spoke on federal tax reform for three and a half years. I spoke out on human rights and religious freedom issues in 15 countries throughout Europe and whatnot. I've been interviewed on the radio and television on those subjects, and many times they were controversial interviews, and many times they didn't go well. But the fact is, it's now water under the bridge. I wouldn't put any attention on that. In speaking, I say you're as good as your last speech. So if you want to be good, make sure your last speech was good. If your last speech wasn't good, make sure the next one is, and now you're good once again. You know, and what I would just recommend is just look at it and look at what the mindset was that you were and try to address that so that you go, hey, next time I get in that situation, I'm going to be a little bit smarter. Okay, I'm going to play the, the ultimate in the National Football League, which is the Super Bowl. I'm not going to have a script there that says, if I lose, this is what I'm going to say. <laughs> because that's sort of like, you don't even want to go there because you want to win, right? Of course. And he wasn't in his uniform. He'd had a chance to go to the showers and get cleaned up and go out and meet the press. Before you do, sit down, and even if you have to just sit down and stare at a wall for a minute or something, but put on your game face once again and come up with three or four good points you can talk about that you can praise your teammates, you can praise the Broncos, you can praise the NFL system, you can talk about the great things that happened this year or something along that line. You have something to say. A great movie on sports is with Kevin Costner as Bull Durham. Oh, love it. He's, he's, yeah, he plays like in this, this farm league, and he never makes it out of it. But Tim Robbins is in there, and Tim Robbins is this wild pitcher, and he gets called up to, as they call it, called up to the show. And Kevin Costner pulls him aside and he says, you know, he gives them all these interview tips. He says, when they ask you, just say, hey, I'm just glad to be here with the team. I'm um, doing my best. You know, that, that, you know, you played a great game tonight. Well, that's, that's what's one game. I'm looking forward to my next one or something. He gave them all these tips on what to say on how to talk to the press. It wasn't about him or anything like that. And this whole aspect of talking to the press and our public face is something we need to put some attention on. And I feel fortunate I've had... I've had some very specific training and experience in that area, but how the world views us a lot of times happens in an interview like that, or it happens in an, you know, an interview after a speech contest in Toastmasters, or it happens at work when we're pulled up in front of you know, a meeting and ask some questions, how, how we conduct ourselves. I think these are important lessons to learn, but really when I fall back on the whole thing I, I was really writing about, there was a point in my life I'd gotten very hung up on my losses and my failures, and I started to sort of assume that because of those, that's what I was, was a failure. Right. The, the, the truth is, I looked at other people, and it seemed like, oh, why couldn't my life be like theirs? And I, I wish I hadn't done those stupid mistakes, and I wish I hadn't said that thing. A lot of regrets. And I think a lot of people can allow those things to affect them. And I feel fortunate that, oddly enough, the speech contest was one of the things that I was able to work through a lot of those heavy regrets about and continue to push forward. People would look at me. They didn't see me that way, but I saw myself that way. Really, the essence that I've learned through this is that how you handle failure and how you handle adversity really, to me, is the true test of our character. We really get to know who somebody is when things go bad. And I'm sure we've all been with people, worked in organizations when things fall apart. And you see some people that just fall apart. Some people get in their car and go home. <laughs> <laughs> and then you see other people that roll their sleeves up and go, let's get going. This, let's get this thing fixed. And let's put it back on. Let's put this back on the rails and make it work. 
And that to me is the true indication of who that person is deep down inside when they, they're, they're faced with an unfathomable challenge. That's what I wanted to be. I said people didn't look at me that way, but I looked at myself that way. And, and I wrote that for people to understand that life, by and large, is a relatively messy proposition. And it doesn't have a lot of right angles and straight lines in it. <laughs> <laughs> and you just have to brush yourself off and keep going. No matter what happens, I don't care, bad relationships, your kids didn't turn out the way they wanted, you didn't get the promotion at work, you, you bought a house at the top of the market and the market crashed, you, you invested heavily in Canadian dollars and then the oil, <laughs> oil prices went through the That's right. floor, whatever. It's like, okay, dust it off and you're as good as your last day and just realize that, that's past. And take that as knowledge. I had a mentor early in life when I had just gotten out of college. We, this wasn't an official mentor. It was just an older gentleman that I developed a very good re relationship with who worked in my family's business back in Indiana. Take it that's Oscar? Yeah, it was Oscar. <laughs> and Oscar was one of these guys that had never really gone to school. And as I say, he didn't get educated into conformity. Because he didn't go to school, he was always looking at what did he learn today that he could apply to tomorrow. He had worked his way up into senior management in my family's milk and ice cream business. And I come along, and he'd known me since I was born. He'd worked there that whole, that long. I come out of college, and I'm like a lot of 22, 23-year-olds and, you know, ready to take on the world and whatnot. And he was there and sort of took me under his wing. And I would just do some crazy, stupid thing. And I, there's a lot of them. <laughs> but he'd pat <laughs> me on the back, and he would say, you know, the good Lord doesn't give you youth and wisdom at the same time. And I didn't really like hearing that when I was 23, 24 years old because I thought I was pretty smart. <laughs> As I've aged, and as Oscar used to say, this old bald head didn't get there without a few nicks. And uh, now I, I don't have one that's as bald as his, but I do have some spots on it. I know what he's talking about. And wisdom comes through living life and getting empirical knowledge and understanding for things because you've experienced it. I was smart at 23, 24 years old. I was not wise, though. I have another uncle that uh, was shot down in World War II and hid in Greece in the, with the Greek underground. Quite a story. Uh, he's a pilot, B-17 pilot, and he talks about he had to, you know, they, they couldn't build a fire because the Nazis would see him, and they'd get a chicken and have to rip it apart and eat the thing raw and everything's like that, and they go three or four days without a meal. And he's in his 90s now, and I, I was, uh, he's up in Northern California, and I was, I was out with him about, I don't know, five or six years ago, and we were at a restaurant, and and this puts, it, this puts it in perspective is really what I'm talking about. What's a problem? Well, you know, when you have a loss, what's a problem? We get our breakfast, and the waiter comes over and asks him if his breakfast is okay. And he looks up, and he goes, oh, yeah. And then he looks at me as the waiter walks away, and he says, you know, Lance, I haven't had a bad meal since 1943. <laughs> <laughs> he had had it so bad that he was thankful for everything he had. Going back to Cam Newton... If Cam Newton had lived through 10 years in the NFL, never made it to the Super Bowl, had been on teams that had losing seasons every single year, and now they finally were able to pull it together and make it to the Super Bowl, he'd have a different perspective because of what he's comparing his experience to. It, so much of these things are in our perspective on how we look at them. You know, you've got to take your victories and look at the positive things you've got going on. And I can do that because I've, again, people sort of look at me and they think I've never had a bad day in my life, which just cracks me up. 
Because I've had people come up to me and they go, they're just like envious. And I go, what are you talking about? My gosh, you realize, you know, I've done five business startups. I just did one in 08 that went down. And oh my gosh, it didn't start. And it should have created tremendous amounts of stress, financial stress, pressure to hold things together. That that was one of the most challenging things that I ever I'd ever, I'd ever gone through. It was have that business go down and to, and be able to keep my house and keep all the things I needed to keep, you know, and to be able to work it out and not let myself go down into a defeated viewpoint. And and I'll be honest, what happened with that? I learned so many valuable lessons. I'm right now in the middle of structuring another business that is ten times what that one was, and it's because of the relationships I got in that business. It's because of the experience that I'm able to do that, and I, I could have become defeated from that standpoint. But it's like, no, I'll get through this, and there, I will. <laughs> I will live to see another day. And one of the things I talk about in leadership is that there comes a time when your back's against the wall, and when all is lost and you see no way out. And at that moment, you have to decide whether you will succumb or you will survive. When it's all lost and you feel like, oh, I can't do this anymore, you have to make the decision. Okay, that good. Are you going to lay down and die? Or are you going to get up and take a step forward and dust yourself off and start digging yourself out of this? And the sooner you do that, the better you are, better off you are. I, that, that's wisdom. That's wisdom. That's not something I read in a book. That's wisdom from being there, you know, spitting the dust out of my teeth and brushing myself off and getting, getting thrown off the bowl. Yeah, that, was, that was a short eight seconds. <laughs> it's obvious you've given us a lot of sage advice here. And now that I'm thinking back and Although, and you mentioned this in your post as well, that although Cam Newton came off as unprofessional, given that he can't have wisdom and youth at the same time, then maybe perhaps we should just give him a pass on this one. Yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't hold that. And I, when I wrote that, I wasn't holding it against him. I was saying, hey, look at the situation. Now, what I saw on the field is what I'm seeing in this interview. The guy let himself get beat with his attitude. You know, and that may be extremely arrogant on my part to say. I just think... If he'd gone into that interview and he'd said, you know, man, my hat's really off to the Denver defense. They sacked me more times than I've been sacked all year. You know, that's that's a feat, man. I had one of the best years any quarterback in the NFL's ever had. And that defense figured out how to control us. And they, he, I, I think if he'd had that attitude going into the interview, he would have had that attitude going into the game. <laughs> While he was in the game, we... The Panthers were within scoring distance a number of times. It really was down. It wasn't until the last four or five minutes of the game that it was very clear that Denver was going to win it, in my viewpoint. The Panthers could move that ball fast. They were still sort of, I felt like they were in the game, but they weren't connecting. They weren't connecting on the thing. So anyway, I, I give Cam Newton a pass, absolutely. I give him a pat on the back, a pass, and hey, chalk that one up for experience. Chalk that Super Bowl up for experience. You've done something most people in the NFL never get a chance to do. Now take that experience and apply it to tomorrow. I still think Cam Newton has a lot of good years ahead of him. Oh, gosh, the guy's phenomenal. <laughs> he's phenomenal. He's like a Mack truck. As my dad would say, he's big enough to drink hay and eat out of a stream, you know? <laughs> he's 250 pounds, six foot five, can run like the wind. He's a phenomenal player. I actually didn't think they were stoppable going into the game. And he's got a lot of good years ahead of him. And I think he's going to be somebody who goes down in football history and hopefully with the effects he can create as a role model beyond football history as just really a stellar example of a fine athlete and a fine individual. Excellent. 
Lance, if someone wants to read this post or perhaps get on your list to be able to receive your new e-news or wherever this might also be posted, how can they do that? Uh, my website's lancemillerspeaks.com, and up in the right-hand corner, there's a subscribe link. You just punch your email and name in, and I try to send out a post once a week. Cause, you know, I'm, I'm busy like everybody, but my goal is to get one out once a week communicating things that I'm seeing, and a lot of times it's fun. It's, it's Sometimes it's something that just happened to me, and sometimes it's insight into how to compete and how to open your speech, you know, some leadership lesson that I feel is relevant. I, love, I have so much fun going to Toastmasters Conference and meeting so many people. I truly want to stay in touch. It's a personal communication. It's like, hey, here's something I want to say that I really feel and I believe, and you take this and see if that helps you in some way. For Toastmasters, I do a special speech coaching, speech review process for people doing their contest and a few things like that, but that's not my corporate rates. That's official Toastmaster program I have on the website. Yeah, LanceMillerSpeaks.com. Just go in and subscribe. And if, if you don't like what I send you, you can unsubscribe. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's easy, right? Out of curiosity, now, do you put the back issues on your site or once it's, is, or do you just send it out by e-news and that's it? Yeah, I have a brand new website I just put up and it uh, came up first of the year. Awesome. It's been something I've been working on for a long time. I have a great team, a great web team now, and they are working and uh, to catch up with me and put all my posts online so they can be there. And quite honestly, I'm, I'm working on an entire online training program so you know people can go get resources when they want, look at it, and... They have different training modules on the site is what I want to do because I can only, I mean, I've got a lot of things I do. and Believe me, I have a life outside of Toastmasters. So <laughs> it's a labor of love for me. There's a lot of things that I want to share. A lot of, you know, I want people, if they're interested, I want to be able to pass my knowledge and experience on to them and have a place they can go get that without having to wait for me to come out to a seminar when their district invites me out or something. That's absolutely awesome. Thank you. Lance Miller, thank you for being on the show. Greg, my pleasure. <laughs> Enjoy yourself. Stay warm up there, okay? Well, thanks for tuning in to Toastcaster Podcast for Toastmasters. And this was our interview with Lance Miller. When I received his email with his post for the week, I immediately connected with him, and he was certainly more than happy to appear on the show. And I thought it was some really good insight. You might want to check out Lance's site. You can also check out Cam Newton's interview. It's only a couple of minutes, and at the end, you'll see where he actually just gets up and walks away. We appreciate you tuning in to Toastcaster Podcast for Toastmasters. You can find our podcast through toastcaster.com or via iTunes. If you really enjoy the show, please drop us a line. Also, visit iTunes, leave us a comment, and leave us a rating. This is Greg Gazin. Once again, thanks for tuning in. If you haven't already checked out my new book, it's Corey Outsmarts the Butterflies. Just have a quick peek over at OutsmartingTheButterflies.com. This is Greg Gazin. Till the next time.